Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. So we're on a journey from ashes to beauty, to God, to life, to Easter. And I want to talk to you today about the longest journey. We've been learning that the journey towards God begins not with our vowing to do something for him, but the opposite, our confessing our inadequacy. So we celebrate personal inadequacy. Wherever you recognize and confess your inadequacy and need for God, that's a spiritual achievement. Way to go. We are the inadequate. We are the fellowship of the withered hand. We need Jesus to do what we cannot. And then the next stage in this journey is to come to believe that there is one who has great power. And he could. And that's part of what we looked at yesterday. And if you're a skeptic about that, if you haven't seen yesterday's devotional, go take a look at that. Skepticism is a good thing as long as it leads you to truth and a place to stand, a place to commit. Faith is to rely on him. But I want to look at another part of that faith today. Not only that God could, that God would, that God wants to, that God cares for you, that God loves you. Now, you've probably heard those words a thousand times. And I don't know that I can ever get enough of those scripture passages that speak to this. And there are so many of them that are so wonderful that are worth looking at. Isaiah 43, for you are honored and precious in my sight. And I love you, God says. Most famous verse, John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever trusts in him, relies on him, will not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, God demonstrates his love for us in that at precisely the right time, while we were still sinners, while we were personally inadequate, withered souls, Jesus died for us. Or 1 John chapter 3, behold the manner of love that God has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, and yet. I think about a friend of mine, Steve Hainer, who I admired about as much as anybody I've ever known, and Steve died a few years ago, had an unbelievable impact on huge numbers of people, but his good friend said at that service that Steve's whole life long, he wrestled, could God really love somebody like me? Or a man, this came up in a conversation uh, just last night, who deeply believes in some corner of his heart that God hates him, that he's hated by God. Or I think of somebody else who I love who's had this image in their mind that God is just uh, waiting around the corner with a baseball bat. God's going to hurt me. I've done something. And I think of myself. I write about and teach about the love of God, and I love to do that. I can't get enough of it. And yet, these moments will come. Uh, somebody does something more than me. Somebody achieves something. Somebody preaches better than I do, and, and I can get this sharp stab um, not so much that I wish they were worse or they didn't exist, although there's times that I think that might be nice. Um, but I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And those words, Jesus loved me, don't seem to be 
deep enough inside my skin. Often when Jesus would teach, teach about God and God's care, he would look at nature and uh, we see in its abundance just this incredibly generous God. And he would look at the birds. Uh, there's a bird Nancy was telling me about, the Alaskan tern that has a migratory pattern that is quite remarkable. The ones that nest in Greenland or Iceland actually travel 44,000 miles a year. Um, they go from the Arctic all the way to the Antarctic coast. They have two summers every year. That's an extraordinary journey for a creature, but it's not the longest journey. I believe that the longest journey in the world is the 12 inches from your head to your heart. Does God really love me? And is that so deeply, not just in the words that I say, but the thoughts that I think and the emotions that I feel and the perceptions that I see that I live out of the reality of his love? Now, I believe that the reason that we struggle with that so deeply is it's not simply a matter of taking in more information. It is a spiritual problem that goes all the way back to the beginning, and it's called shame. We're told before the fall that Adam and Eve were naked, they were vulnerable, they were open, they were transparent, and they experienced no shame. And, and now something's wrong with us. We are all personally inadequate. Uh, Eleanor Stump has written a book, Wandering in the Darkness, has been very helpful for me. And she writes about uh, how love has two components to it. Love involves the will for good. You want someone else to flourish. But it also involves uh, the desire to be in union with them, to want to be with them, to want to be in relationship with them. And, and then she writes about guilt and shame. Guilt is when I have done something wrong. And I'm afraid somebody might not will my good. They might want to punish me or get revenge for me. And so guilt needs to be healed by being forgiven. But she says shame is pointed at that other dimension of love, the desire for union. Shame tells me no one, especially not God, really wants to be with me. Shame, she says, is very closely connected to ugliness in that sense. I feel like there is something unlovely unwanted that's deeply true about me and so Jesus comes and I think in this Lenten season as we get ready for Easter about his words to his disciples not long before he died don't let your hearts be troubled trust in God rely on God rely on me in my father's house of many rooms if it weren't so I wouldn't have said that for you I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come back so that where I am, there you may be with me. I want to be with you. I want to be with you. The healing of our shame comes when the truth about our identity, those words, God love us, can travel that 12 inches from my head to my heart, and that's the longest journey in the world, and Jesus knows about that. Jesus became a human being, took on our flesh, and at his baptism, he heard that voice of his father, you are my son, whom I love, my beloved, and you I am well pleased. And then he went into the desert. Those 40 days in the desert are the inspiration for this Lenten season. We're on that journey with him. And uh, he was tempted. And the tempter said to him, if you are the son of God, Turn these stones into bread. If you are the son of God, 
throw yourself down off this pinnacle. And the angels, if, in other words, he's trying to sow doubt in Jesus' mind about his identity, and Jesus will not have it. I am the beloved. So, we've talked about how in the Lenten season, people often associate Lent with giving something up. Uh, you might want to, this Lent, just give up self-rejection. Just give it up. There is now no condemnation. I want to recommend for you a couple of things. Uh, Trevor Hudson talks about writing a charter, a beloved charter for each of us. And I have done that for me. I just want to read these words for you just because it might spark something in you. John, I am your good shepherd. I knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. These are all words from scripture. I am your light and your salvation. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you have nothing to fear for I am with you. There is now no condemnation, none. And nothing can separate you from my love. Not scandal, not failure, not losing your job, not having people write bad things, not disappointment, not family horrific pain, not death itself. Greater love has no one than this to give their life for another, and I gave my life for you. I remember you are dust. You are never alone. You are never unloved. This day I bless you and keep you. My face is turned toward you and shining with love. I no longer call you servant, but friend. Go get him. Go get him's not actually in the Bible. It just helps me. And if that would be a helpful thing to you to write a beloved charter and read those words, maybe every day, maybe every day through Lent. I thought that idea from Trevor was really helpful. And then, uh, as a bonus gift, I want to give you a song. I want to teach you a song that actually summarizes these first two stages of the spiritual journey that we're on in a very profound way. And you'll be able to remember it, I think, pretty easy. It goes like this. Jesus loves me. This I know. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. That's the second stage. I'm loved. I'm the beloved. Little ones to him belong. They are weak. He is strong. That's the first stage, personal inadequacy. So that's a little Lenten song. But as you do that, uh, keep this in mind. I was talking to my friend Rick the other morning and talking about the need to uh, live in God's love one day at a time. And then I was going on, but he said, hang on a second. I'm taking it in. And I was struck when he said that about the difference between hearing the words registering the information and taking it in. So take it in, take it in. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. That is the longest and best journey in the world. The journey from your head to your heart. I'll see you tomorrow.